once again, and welcome to New York 20. I'm Tom. And I'm John. Welcome back, guys. Uh, it's been another very short week for us. Uh, we were here with you Sunday. We're back again on Thursday. In our regular time slot. My leg is still broken, if you... Uh... If you That's care at all, work. <laughs> typically they're not a quick fix thing unless you're seeing Doctor House. So, right. Well, he could fix anything. Yeah. But. Although, if you were a hockey player, you'd probably be on the ice with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, feel like, I, feel I like thought this. about getting back on the softball field already. So yeah. I could imagine. Yeah, if I was a hockey player, I'd probably just tape it up. Yeah. Just- Particularly in the playoffs, I think that's where you'd be, and and that's uh, I think a perfect cheesy segue into the first thing we we're going to talk about. Why not? Which I've, is NHL playoffs. Yeah, and the Rangers. Oh my God, they yeah. scored a power play goal. I, Actually, several. Now they've played two games since yep. we were last with you, and they've scored a few, which is uh, shocking if you've been watching. So well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, they did have a five on three power play for a minute thirty yesterday. <laughs> Before that, there was a four-on-three for the other 30 seconds, That's and right. no goals, no shots. So no, it, I think they had one shot on goal the entire power play. Yeah. And it's awful. That was the worst. That five-on-three was, like, the worst minute of hockey I've ever watched. Yeah. Uh, granted, I don't watch that much, but it, that was awful. No, welcome I, to my life. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> Uh, but here we are, you know, like we said, it's 2-2. They had to, to win the games at home and sort of hold serve. That's sort of been the theme of the series so far, and the mm-hmm. Rangers did that. It's huge. I think it's a great, you know, sets up a great last three games of this series. Well, now uh, it's a best of three, you know, and yeah. they're just going to go in there. If they play the way they did, I think particularly yesterday, mm-hmm. I think they have a great shot to win. Um, you know, it, because it wasn't perfect. Right. You know, they're, they're, they still gave the Caps a lot of chances. And they took advantage of those chances. They scored. It got a little dicey. But, you know, if they play that way, they played with uh, greater intensity throughout the game. They were more aggressive for the most part. Yeah, Yeah, again, still with the five-on-three stupidity. But they were more aggressive. And I think if they do that, they have a great chance to win. Because, I mean, if you just compare the goaltenders, although um, Hopi's been very good. but um, Lundqvist has just been better. better. Is a better goaltender. I think the two things that struck me about this game, I think this is definitely the best game that they've played certainly in this postseason, but even going back a little bit, the games that they had played that they had won convincingly were against teams that had already punted the season. You know, they beat the Devils 4-zip, they, they won a couple of games, but they were against nobodies. And the teams against, or the games rather against good teams, they had struggled a little bit. So this, to me, like, they dominated that whole first period. They really dominated most of the second period, and mm-hmm. as they gave up that little quick, cheap goal with 17 seconds left to bring cap- the Caps even, they jumped right back and scored that power play goal late. Yeah. They really played very aggressively from start to finish. Um, I really I honestly think that there's something to um, uh, Caps coach Adam Oates giving them the day off the day before. Uh, there was no practice, uh, which is uh, weird for them. They, they yeah. have been practicing all the way. I didn't he, know that. I didn't know that he had done that. He gave them the day off uh, the day prior to last night's game, and they came out flat. You know, I think there's something mm-hmm. to be said for not skating and not being in your normal routine. And Oates had said, you know, listen, we want to get them rest. It's a, it's a grind. You know, they, they look like they're really a little worn out. But that, to me, is exactly what the Rangers want to yeah. be doing. They want to be beating them up. They want to be, you know, t- making it difficult for the Caps to, to stay healthy. And I think that was a mistake by Oates. I think that's why they came out flat in game uh, probably game probably i mean again i didn't know that and just upon hearing it my, my initial reaction goes to you know people saying like oh well it's a long season and but it wasn't i mean it yeah. was a lockout shortened <laughs> yeah. season and you know maybe that has something to do with their conditioning but i mean they should be used to playing basically double the hockey yeah you know at, at this point in the season so uh, that's that's a little that's a little it's crazy interesting. To me. and uh, there's certainly there, there are things to be said for obviously not the first time it's ever happened but no of course but it's, it's an interesting thing and i think that had an effect 
effect. And as far as the power play goes, you saw the difference when they scored that goal with the players that were on the ice. You had mm-hmm. no Brad Richards, no Rick Nash even on the ice in that yeah. power play. They just went with two defensemen and three grinded out forwards, and they scored a goal. You yeah. know, Girardi scored that goal, and it, it was simplified. Just, we have more guys than you do, like you've been saying. We have more <laughs> players. Let's just shoot the puck at the goalie, and look at what happens. Broussard sets up Girardi for a great goal. Yeah, uh, They get ahead 3-2. They add on to that lead and, and just... By the skin of their teeth, hang on, yeah, uh, and give me a heart attack in the process. But yeah, I mean, these games have been ugh. oh my god, you got to get the thumbs out for these games yeah. because they are killing you. They're edge of the seat like every time. It, uh, what was it? Game three, they came out and won. Yeah. Um, they had like a, a fourth and goal. Yeah, <laughs> they had was, a fourth and goal defensive stand. <laughs> I was watching it. I couldn't even sit on my couch. I was like standing up, like leaning towards the TV, hoping. When Richards Richards took that penalty with like a minute fifty seven oh, left or whatever God. it was, and for that entire, I didn't breathe the mm-hmm. whole the whole penalty. Kick. How could you? And that you was... sit there, and uh, the, to, that was actually an interesting part as well. Was the Rangers penalty kill at that point was the best it had been all series, and they were down two men. They had the six on four attack. Right. They took away all the shooting lanes, and that carried over. If you notice the way the power play uh, set up for Washington uh, in Game 4, Mike Green couldn't take any shots from the point. They really keyed on Ovechkin, and Ribeiro was just kind of fiddling with the puck. They didn't get any good chances, and that's been the caps. That's the name of the game for them, their power play. And the Rangers Mm -hmm. may have figured something out there that could carry over the rest of this series. There was a little bit of change in identity there because it seemed like, you know, then the caps were on on their heels on the power play, which, again, as I've been saying and as you've been saying, you can't do that. I mean, you have to attack. Yeah. Just simply the numbers game is And the Caps had the number one power play in the NHL this year. Right. You know, that that, that was exactly what got them to where they were. That's how they sort of bounced back after their slow start this season. And if the Rangers can keep their power play off the board, I think they really stand a good chance going into tomorrow night's game. Mm -hmm. I think what else was huge, uh, the the power play that the Rangers got at the start of the third yesterday was, I mean, that was was huge momentum. And they scored on that. They wound up, you know, and that, that really allowed them to give themselves a little bit of like, all right, now I think we can win this, you know, yeah. give themselves a bit of breathing room, and, and, and I think it carried the momentum through to the rest of the game. Yeah, no, they, they played them well, and, you know, I think Lunkus gave a couple of unlucky goals, and one one off a guy's back, uh, yeah. all deflection screen. So the, the type of goals that can happen, it's not an indictment on the goaltender, and Holpe has looked very sh- flaky, shaky in this series. Yeah, he's looked really good at times, yeah. and then other times it seems like he's getting away with a lot. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, great save, and it's like, I don't know, he kind of like fell into the yeah. save. You know, I, I'm not referencing any one particular instance because one doesn't come to mind, but just the overall body of work seems yeah. very inconsistent with it, as I guess it is for, for everybody, but just with a, a shade towards the luck side. Of yeah. It. You know, it's what yeah. it seems like to me. The Rangers, just, have, the Rangers have definitely tested him mm-hmm. the last few games more so than the first two games. Oh, and without a doubt. You see the the quality of saves he had to make in games one of two were not nearly right. as high as the quality in the last two. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of their shots were going wide. They yeah. had a few dink off the posts. And, yeah. you know, I mean, if you consistently attack him, I think you're going to break through, which is how they've won two games. Yeah. So the question is now, the series is tied 2-2. We're all evened up. It's a best of three like we talked about. Yep. What do you think? Just bold prediction. I don't care if you go with your head or your heart or both. Yep. What do you think? What's your prediction? I will not predict this series because <laughs> as I learned earlier this year when I started betting with a guy that I know on the Knicks and on the Jets, <laughs> I'm not going to start betting because 
it just doesn't work out. I'm I'm down some money because of my predictions, and Darrell Revis might have me to blame for his ACL. Ah, gotcha. um, so I'm not going to do that. But what okay. I will say is that the Rangers do look a lot better. I think momentum is a funny thing. Momentum is only as good as the next day's starting pitcher, right? Or momentum right. is only as good as how you come out the next game. So I don't put too much stock in that. But the Rangers, I think, have figured out a few things strategically against the Capitals. Mark Stahl coming back, I think, is a big question mark. You know, he, he didn't play in Game 4. He did play in Game 3. There's questions about him playing now tomorrow. If he comes out and they can match up McDonough, they can match up Stahl, they can even match up more against Ovechkin regularly, uh, where it's a little bit more difficult to line match on the road, I think that's a huge advantage they didn't have in the first two games. Right. So we'll see how they come out. I th- who knows? You know, the, the luck of the draw, things bounce. Yeah. But it's just a matter of how aggressive the Rangers come out. If they come out and play the same type of forechecking style and keep Ovechkin on their heels or keep the caps on their heels uh, and Ovechkin to one shot or two shots on goal, you're going to stand a really good chance to win. Yeah. Uh, I, I, listen, I can agree with that. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't dare try to predict this yeah. just from such an outside perspective. But, you know, I, I, it kind of goes without saying. I touched on it before. You know, uh, if the Rangers play the way they did, especially yesterday, I think that they have a great chance to win. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying they will win again because there were still some flaws in what they were doing and maybe a couple of things break right for the Caps in that situation. Maybe sure. the Rangers lose yesterday too. It was possible. Everything. So, you know, but I, I think if the Rangers play the way they're capable of, I think they are the better team even though they're the lower seed. Yeah, and, you know, it sets up a, a very interesting rest of the Eastern Conference, right? So, you know, say the Rangers are able to pull this out if, mm-hmm. they, can, if they can go through. Uh, Ottawa finished their series off today. They knocked off the two-seed uh, Canadians. Uh, in a 4-1 series win. Uh, the Islanders uh, lost today with their 3-2 in the Penguins series, so they're still right in it. They have a home game coming up uh, in the next game in the series. All right, we'll get so, to that in a second, too. And uh, Boston and Toronto are still going at it as well. But, you know, you have the potential right now, depending upon how some of these series, series shake out. Um, Ottawa's already through. They're a 7. The Rangers are a 6. The Islanders are still alive. They're an 8. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of potential upsets still going on in the Eastern Conference, and... You know, depending on how things shake out, the Rangers could end up with home ice in the second round right. for a Which six is seed. Crazy, yeah. yeah. If you think about it. So, speaking of the Islanders, you brought them up. Uh, what do you think about what's going on with them? Obviously, expectations a little different. You know, yep. a lot of people had the Rangers penciled in like they can walk to a cup if they, you know, if they yeah. play their cards right uh, at the beginning of the season. And you know, the Islanders haven't been good since either of us have been alive, really. Yeah. So, um, you know, expectations totally different. They did lose today, yeah, unfortunately. But uh, going into today, they were in a similar position the Rangers were. They were 2-2. Yep. Now they're down 3-2. Uh, I, how do you see this thing shaking out? I, I, mean, I Yeah, I mean, I give a lot of credit to the Islanders. After game one, they lost 5-zip. I, I kind of had in my mind that they were in the, well, we're happy we made the playoffs, guys. This is a really successful season. Which isn't necessarily a knock on them. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially in hockey, I know you get in and, like, anything can happen, but, I mean, sometimes it is just good to be there. And yeah. when you've been down in the dumps as long as they have and the kind of ways that they have, yep. you know, you could see a little bit of that. Like, yeah, we did it, you know? That's- and it's like, there's still work to be done, but... Then, you know, they bounced back. They won game two. They mm-hmm. they evened up the series. They got some home games, and they were, you know, minutes away, you know, had a chance to win game three at home. Uh, that game went to overtime. You know, mm-hmm. they, they could very well be ahead in this series right now, three right. to two instead of down three to two. And I give them a ton of credit for sticking it out. Now, the biggest benefit they've had is Marc-Andre Fleury has reverted back to last year's Marc-Andre Fleury. He's not the guy who won the Stanley Cup a few years ago, a goaltender. He's now a guy who's just given up goals left and right. He got right. destroyed by the Flyers last year, and he's, he's looked shaky again. He got pulled in this game. He didn't start, and Vokun started, and they pitched another shutout, you know? Yeah. I think that's the, the X factor of the series is how the goaltending is for the rest of the way. 
you don't know with Volkun. He's an older goaltender. He's, you know, if he's bad, he's really bad. Um, <laughs> but he, he seems to have a little bit more confidence than Fleury, and that to me is the whole key. You know, if if the Penguins keep their, their goaltending in line, there's no reason they shouldn't win the rest of this series. But you don't know. You know, it, it, it's, yeah. there's no slam dunk there, and that's how you beat the Penguins. You just you got to outscore them. What do you think this series means to the Islanders? I mean, do you think there is a, a bit of that where it's like, okay, you know, now that they've made some progress, kind of like what we touched on with the Nets last week, um, you know, about how just getting in and kind of changing yeah. that momentum and, and changing, you know, their their franchise's momentum. And they, they obviously have a, a budding star in Tavares, yep. you know, and uh, what do you think it means to them just in, in general going forward, especially now they're moving to Brooklyn in yep. a couple of years. Yep. That's going to be big. That's they're going to exactly get out of that right, yeah. horrible horrible, yeah. horrible graveyard yeah. of an arena that they play in now. Um, you know, I, I think obviously it's great. I mean, we've got to see what they do, you know, next year in a full season, yep. see if they can kind of, you know, if they were just a one-trick pony, kind of rode the wave a little bit, you yeah. know. But I, I think it bodes well for them, and I, I think they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, no, I mean, I would agree. I think uh, the, the culture is shifting a little bit. Now, you mentioned Tavares. He's he's one of the top, I'd say top three players in hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking at starting your franchise, he has to be one of the first names that comes up, and that's the, that's what you want to have to get started. Right. So that's huge. And going to Brooklyn is again like the, one of the Islanders' biggest problems has been they can't attract free agents because nobody wants to play in the Coliseum. Yeah. And it, it's bad. It's tough to build a franchise that way. You've had multiple guys get traded to the Islanders. They okay, I'm going to play in Russia. Right. Like that's that's awful. You can't have that. So you know, I think there's the perspective that now they're going to Brooklyn. Now they're going to establish themselves in a real nice arena in a good you know real good hockey city and not lose their their heritage, not lose their fan base. Right. Because um, it's not like they're moving. You know, yeah. it's not like they're they're getting relocated. Right. They're to not another... going to Quebec. They're right. not going to Kansas City like there was rumored. So you know, they keep the team they move them into a nicer area and i think it's the step in the right direction now i think it'll be really interesting to see if they can win this next game and get it to a game seven yeah because who knows anything can happen in a game seven and if they can win and sort of hold again hold serve and win this home game in game six it's a real big step for their franchise now absolutely as a ranger fan screw the islanders i don't want them to do well (laughs) but i would love to see them knock off the penguins for selfish reasons i think we'd have a much better chance if the penguins aren't in the playoffs anymore right of course of course yeah (laughs) i i think it definitely i'm rooting for them you know i don't i don't again i don't have a rooting interest i I just the underdog vibe of it i I would like to see them do it yeah i don't know if they can but you know again i I think it's 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 a huge step in the right direction for them win lose or draw and obviously by the uh, – I guess by the next time we're here, we'll, we'll know. know. Oh, so yeah. We'll we can, be into the second round at that point. We so, yeah. can talk about it and, and see see how it goes from there. Yeah. Um, so from from a team that's kind of, you know, doing their thing and trying to get their feet wet in this winning mode to yep. a te- another team that had some high expectations. Talk about the Knicks. Yep. They came out a little flat against the Pacers in game one. Yep. They really didn't look good up. at all. Yeah, Carmelo looked a little hurt and yep. J.R. Smith looked t- – Terrible. Yeah, I found out today, by the way, that he might be dating Rihanna. I heard that on uh, the radio. That can't be good. <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't know. Take that for whatever it's worth. But, you know, he was at the 40-40 club watching the Mayweather fight. Yeah. Now maybe he's he dating Rihanna. Maybe, maybe smoking he's, some stuff. He maybe he's distracted and, a little yeah. bit. You know, these are the maturity issues of Jared <sighs> Smith. But, but... Yep. Knicks came back, got a big win in dominating fashion. I yep. think they won by 27 yeah. to even the series at one. How do you feel with that? I mean, I think the Knicks, what you saw in game two was a little bit more representative of their talent. I think the Knicks' talent level is a 27-point margin 
you know, compared to where the Pacers' talent level yeah. is. And the Pacers are like the Bulls. They'll grind it out, they'll wear you down, and they'll bring you to their level, even if you have more talented players. And the, the Knicks sort of combated that. They were able to hit some open shots. They had a huge run in the fourth quarter uh, to really put the game away after it was really tight for a while. But I think that, that's more of what you'd expect the Knicks to be doing if they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Melo Anthony looked a little bit better. You know, I think more efficient shooting. And the offense as a whole was much more cohesive. That You know, they were coming off screens. They were getting open looks as opposed to forcing up shots. Uh, Melo was even saying himself there was less isolation. There was less just one-on-one play, which has been really when they struggle. You know, they don't move the ball. Um, they fire up a 28-foot shot and just, you know, hope that it goes in. Yeah. Uh, they, they looked a little bit better that way. So... I think that's more of what you want to see. I don't know if, I mean, if they run their offense the right way, I don't know if there's much the Pacers can do to stop that. You know, I think Hibbert obviously played a very good game in game one defending, and in game two, he was less of a factor. Right. Tyson Chandler, I think, played a better game in game two. So, you know, it's it's, it's a series. You split at home, now the Pacers have home court, you have to go and win in, in Indy, but... I feel better. I do feel a little bit better about the Knicks uh, yeah. the rest of this series. I think if, if again, it, it comes down to playing up to your potential, I, I really think that the Knicks can win this easily, rather easily, if the yeah. guys step up and do what they're supposed to do. And I don't even think, you know, we mentioned J.R. Smith and how awful he's been. Yep. I don't even think this is the type of series where you look at it and say the Knicks need J.R. Smith to no. be the number two, like that strong number two to Carmelo. I don't think they need that from him. I just think that if he's going to be off, they need to somehow get the ball out of his hands yeah. so that he stops chucking up shots. And I mean, he either has to step up or step back, take a yeah. back seat to somebody else and kind of move the ball around, maybe give Felton a couple more looks and stuff like that. But, you know, I, if, if they play their game, I, I, I cannot see. I was watching – I didn't watch the game, but I caught bits and pieces of it. And, you know, I look up and the Knicks are up like – I don't know, 68-64. Yeah. And then 15 minutes later, they were, yeah. they were up 98-68. They yeah. went on like this remarkable yeah, like 30-4 to run. And I, w- I was flabbergasted. I was like, is this the real score? Am yeah. I watching this in real time? So, I, you know. It's like you look up and you see, think the numbers are upside down or something like that. Yeah, yeah I thought there was like a misprint or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as JR goes, uh, Woodson has already said, you know, if he doesn't get his act out, he's going to sit. You know, and I think yeah. that, that's definitely a good message for the coach to have. The other question, is, is Amari. You know, Amari, yeah. is rumored to be coming back for game three. I think he is. And I think that's huge. You know, again, yeah. Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh, Indiana, both were black and yellow. So that's that's why I'm screwing them up. It's but, fine. Uh, Indiana is a big team, and the Knicks have lacked a little bit with the post-scoring presence. That's what Amari brings to the table. And right. it, it does, I think, again, take a little bit of the pressure off of JR when you have Amari as a second scoring option. I think so. I think the, the key for that is, obviously, his minutes are going to be, you know, diminished yeah. because he's... he's just getting back and he's got to keep his legs fresh and got to you know get his stamina back up but I think the important thing is so he's obviously going to be coming off the bench but I think the important thing is you really have to limit the times that you have Melo and Amari on the court at the same time because I think history has shown they don't really play well together yeah I I think it's detrimental to the team overall to have them both out there I think you need to make sure you have to have the right strategy in place the right matchups I think is really the biggest key Amari this year compared to Amari of years past is a different player because he does play more in the paint and more in the post uh, compared to what he used to be where he would shoot a lot from the outside. 
So I think there is a way to make that work, particularly against Indiana, because they have a lot of bigs. You know, I think right. there's there's more of a need for him on the floor uh, to match up and maybe be a little bit quicker in the paint and get, just honestly give more space to Melo if he is out on the floor with him. Because mm-hmm. they, they collapse on him. They really key on him a lot. And if you have Amari to draw some attention, you'll get more open space for Melo. So you can even, I think you can still have them both on the floor at the same time, but you need to have the right circumstance to do it. If Indiana matches up well defensively with that, you're going to put yourself into some bad spots because of just lack of ball movement. But there's a way to do it. There really is a way to make them work. And uh, that's on Woodson. You know, it's really up to Woodson. And I think the point guards, whoever's on the floor, to move the ball effectively. Most definitely. And you'll see what um, maybe Prigioni can do. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been, been great. Yeah. Really if, great. If and Shumpert. Can, yeah. If he can spread the ball around and, like you said, and get the ball to, to Amari in the right spots and Melo in the right spots, then I, I think it can work. But it remains to be seen because it hasn't really it's worked true. historically. No, it's fair. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, the momentum thing that we touched on before, mm-hmm. now there's a big layoff. Yeah. Between games two and three, they're not playing again until <clears throat> Saturday. Saturday, yeah. So it's crazy. There, there are no NBA games tonight. That's ridiculous. I listen. The NBA has tons of problems with that, and just in general, yeah. You know, Stern is kind of an idiot, but <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> we can we can get into that another time. But so they have this big layoff. Yep. Now coming off of a huge win, mm-hmm. big break. Obviously, that can slow you down a bit. But I think maybe. With Melo being a little banged up and hoping that Amare comes back, mm-hmm. that this time off might not be the worst thing for him. Gives JR a little time to kind of get his head screwed on straight. Doesn't feel like he has to go out there, you know, tonight and, and, and hit yeah. it again and, you know, try to make up. Plus, it's, I don't think there's a 40 40 club in Indiana. So that's probably good too. not. Not I yet, anyway. But yeah. the way Jay Z's moving, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's making moves. He owns the Nets, then he doesn't own the Nets. Now he's an agent. He's got Cano. Yeah. He's playing like Game of Thrones. He's going to kill David Stern pretty soon. <laughs> Hey, you know what? It, that He might be the next commissioner of the um, NBA. Um, It'd be yeah. the best thing the NBA's ever I'm done. I'm like half joking. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? How do you feel about that? I agree. No, I think there's that worry about momentum, but I think that's overblown. The, the real thing with the Knicks is they, they're a little banked up. You know, I think that was what they struggled with in game one. And you get a chance to get a healthy mellow or healthier mellow, a healthy Sotomayor, a healthy Novak, too. Novak's been banked up and didn't really play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, those are three really big factors, especially against a big team like the the Pacers. You know, if you have Novak on the outside and Amari on the inside, it, it just gives you more options. And if you can get them healthier to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more effective offensively, it's worth it. I'll take the three days off as poorly scheduled as this is. I think this is a benefit to the Knicks more than the Pacers. All right. Yeah, I can agree with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, Really quick on the NBA, I just want to touch on the Bulls. Yeah, series that we got going on. Obviously, two games really yeah, right there. Wow, the, the Bulls obviously shocked the world in Game One, beat the Heat. He yep. came out a little flat. LeBron didn't Long look good. Was, yeah, they were up for a while. <laughs> that, you know, I, I think that was a big factor. Is Miami didn't play. They swept and. Uh, Chicago went seven, so right. that's that's a big difference. So yeah, and you see that in a lot of sports with yep. these you know these playoff series that go longer. You know, guys just kind of get rolling and they get mm-hmm. winning and they get hot and they they're fired up and they're ready to go. Yeah, and then you know the Heat were like, all right, slow down, <laughs> and then they beat the Bulls by 146. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was close until they got that 130 point run. Yeah, and then that was it. They won going away. Obviously, I think they really won by 40. I think something it was like 40, that. Yeah, at, at one point they're Im- up at 50. I think it, oh, it's crazy. My God, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I, that for a professional team to beat another professional team in the playoffs by forty points is embarrassing. I think that's, that's similar to what I said about the Knicks series, right? This is representative, I think, of what the talent 
level is between these two teams. Right. The Bulls are missing just about every key player in their roster, minus like Noah, who's on a half foot and boozer. Mm-hmm. And Miami is just Miami. They have everybody. Right. And they just dominate. Uh, LeBron James was unbelievable. Again, well-deserving of his MVP award. And... I don't know. Maybe they go back to Chicago. Maybe Derrick Rose decides he wants to be a teammate and play. Now there's with rumors. His teammates. I don't there know. are rumors of uh, a Derrick Rose sighting that he might yeah. be around. That he's thinking about playing. And listen, well, thinking about it is the first step. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. by 2017 he'll decide to come back. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before we went on, and. I don't like to criticize people's injuries, especially something like that at ACL. It's not this like, oh, you know, broken wrist and it heals up in six weeks. You're back. You shoot around a little bit and you're good. You're talking about a major injury to a guy who's, you know, explosive with the legs, doing everything with his legs. I mean, you saw the way Kobe Bryant got hurt in this freakish, like, you know, no contact injuries. And that's how these things happen. And they're scary. Yep. So if a guy doesn't feel ready... He doesn't feel ready, and I'm generally okay with that. But Shumpert got hurt the same day that Derrick Rose got hurt last year in the playoffs, and he's been back for months. Yep. Mariano Rivera, (laughs) who is 43 years old, had the same injury. Pretty sure he leads the major leagues in saves right now. And he leads the major leagues in saves, which again, we'll get to in a couple minutes. But, you know, I mean, you got Derrick Rose, a young guy. I mean, is Derrick Rose our age? I mean, he's he's, a young dude out there. 25, whatever. He won an MVP. And he's great. Let's not, you know, not discredit him. That's what drives you crazy. But he's got, I mean, he's got to play. He's got to. 50% of Derrick Rose would help them at this point. You know, if he's 50% the player that he is normally. Yeah. He's going to be an upgrade. He's he's a guy who was cleared over two months ago by the doctors to play. Yeah. When you reach that point, there may be a little bit reluctance. I don't think my body's quite there yet. But two months later is a long time. Yeah, he's been practicing like every day. Full contact, full yeah. practice. You have to. And the only way you're going to get over that mental block is to go and do it. It's like being afraid of roller coasters. Yeah. You're always afraid of roller coasters until you go on one and it's the best thing in your life. And now you love roller coasters. Yeah. You can't just be afraid of it because you, you have to take that leap eventually. And if not now, then when? You're going to wait a whole another four or five months before you come back? There's now a two-year injury that this this has yeah. caused you, that this has cost you. Yeah. And it's another chance that your team has had to get, like, they're already into the second round without you. Right. You can step And they've in. won a game against yeah. the Heat. Like, now's the time. Yeah. What's crazy to me is that, you know, he was cleared two months ago, mm-hmm. like you said, two and a half months ago. So even if you say, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to just take my time. I want to ease back into it. There's plenty of time, especially in the NBA, the way the playoff structure is set up. There's plenty of time to ease your way back in. Mm -hmm. Then you know your team is getting to the playoffs. You say, okay, I'm going to play limited minutes. I'm going to up it up. I'm going to up it, you know, every game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to build my way there. I could take a game off if I need to. This way you're ready for the playoffs. And then you're the freshest guy there. Yeah. You're the freshest guy playing basketball. And you you know that you're healthy because you've given yourself the time to build up your strength, build up your stamina, build up your confidence. And he didn't take advantage of any of that. Yeah. You know, going and doing shoot-arounds with your teammates yep. is not enough. No. And, you know, so now it's like, yeah, him coming back is going to be a boost to them. But he's not in game shape. Yeah. He can't be. He it's, can't be in game it's, shape. It's different. I, and I can't remember which athlete it was, but uh, somebody who tore an ACL was quoted and said, you know, what worries you about it is that everything you do 
makes you feel like it's going to happen again because it's a non-contact thing because it just happened. Right. You feel like every cut is going to cause that tear again, but it's it's mental. You know, it's really just in your head. You have to trust that your body's going to be there. And if, if you don't, you can't do anything about it. You're, if you right. want to be a professional basketball player, this is something you need to do. Yeah. And that's the mental block he needs to get over. Right, which, again, I empathize with. I yeah. understand. Yeah. I understand where he's coming from. It's scary. Yep. But you got to do it. I mean, you're a professional athlete. This is what you're getting paid for. Getting a lot and you're of money. cleared. Yeah. You know, uh, and the last thing I want to say about it, actually, I'm going to let you do it because you had brought up the point, which I think is great, right before uh, we went live, is about his toughness or lack thereof. Uh, and this goes back to Derrick Rose being even all the way back in Memphis is I, I just – it's really this point, right? I don't think he's as mentally tough as a lot of the other guys in the NBA. You look at uh, examples of him in, in college where he had a chance to hit a couple of free throws that would win a big game for them, and he bricked both. And you've seen it happen with Chicago. He's missed big free throws late in the game, and it's it's not a physical thing. Him making free throws is all in your head. It's like putting. Right. It's 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 really just you, you do the right thing. Getting the bunt down. It's, that's <laughs> it. It's all just you do the right thing mechanically. You're going to make those free throws, and he just has that mental block. And that's that's uh, to me that's what it is. You know, yeah. I think it's really just in his head, and he's afraid to play. Yeah. And just you know, one one thing without the other, you probably look, wouldn't look twice at it. But yep. when you put those two situations next to each other, it's like you know, you know, Kobe's not doing that. Yeah. You know, Kobe was talking about how you know after next year he might you know, stop playing, like, yeah. you know, pre-injury, you know, he might retire and, and call it a career. You know, you think, you think Kobe's going out like this now? Like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to miss most of next year, so it was going to be my last year anyway. No, he's coming yeah. back as soon as he can come back. You know, even A-Rod, you know, yeah. is, is the problems as that he has. As soft as he is. As yeah. soft as he can be. You know, when the detractors say, I don't think A-Rod's going to play this year, Yankees void his contract, all that stuff. You know, now he's already he looking to do tossing. baseball already, activities. Yeah, he's, you know, he's already been down in Tampa. Way ahead of schedule. Yep. Because you cannot tell these super athletes that they're done or that they're not good That's enough anymore. Point. They're yeah. not, you know, and you need that. That's what gets you to that level. Whether yeah. you love A-Rod or hate him or Kobe or, you know, whatever the case may be, you got to have that killer instinct yeah. To be one of the greats. And I think the difference, to, to give Rose a little bit of credit, is that those guys are all near the end of their career. You think of Mariano, A-Rod, Kobe, they're all, they've, they've cashed in their chips, they've had their legacy. Rose mm-hmm. is still trying to build his, and I think he's afraid of messing that up. So I, I can kind of get it, but it's still, just do it, man. Just Trust, trust yourself, trust your body, trust your doctors, trust yeah. your teammates. You're going to yeah. go out and you're going to be all right. It's a fair point, but you'll never have a legacy if you don't play. Yeah, that's a worse <laughs> so, legacy to have. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy, you know, who sat out the playoffs even though he was medically cleared. That's yeah. that's tough. That's tough to get over. But um, uh, Quick on baseball. Uh, yeah, just, just to wrap it up a little bit. Uh, Speaking of legacies, building yeah. legacies. Building a pretty good legacy. Uh, the guy who I'm happy to say I got to see pitch live, you know, this season, Matt Harvey. Again, yes. uh, you know, Matt. Matt Harvey but, yeah. is remarkable. I cannot say enough good things about Matt Harvey and what he does. You know, just as a Met fan, obviously, but as a baseball fan in general. I yeah. mean, the guy is fun to watch. Right now, he's, you know, currently, this moment, he is yeah. one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's him. Uh, you know, Verlander is off to a great start. Um, Strasburg's up and down right now. He's, Strasburg hasn't looked great. Well, he got beat. Um, yeah, Harvey beat Strasburg, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, Kershaw's been pretty good. Yeah. But, I mean, he's he's right up there. He's right up Crazy. there. He's putting up numbers that are just unbelievable. You gave the best stat before, his hits to innings. Oh, yeah. He's got uh, 49 and a third innings pitched with 22 hits allowed. Yes. Uh, That's stupid. It's, That's stupid. Yeah. It's like... 
that's and I think he has high school pitching. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, he's a men among boys out there. Yeah, he really is. And, and what he did against the White Sox the other day, you know, uh, was just there are no words. He was nearly perfect. Mm-hmm. The only hit that he gave up was an infield single that Ruben Tejada made a great play on. Yeah, he did he look tried good. the Jeter jump throw. Listen, uh, I think it was Rios. He beat it out clean. It yeah. was close, but he beat it out. He was safe. Do you think but, if he plants his foot and throws that ball, he gets him out? Uh, no, not Ruben yeah. Tejada. He's has a very accurate arm. He doesn't really have a great arm. He's yeah. not one of those. He doesn't have a Reyes arm. Yeah. You know, I think Reyes plants his foot and fires and probably gets the out. You know, yeah. Tulowitzki right. probably makes that play. Jeter in his prime probably going that way makes yeah. that play. But Tejada's arm leaves a little to be desired strength-wise for the shortstop position. But, um, you know, I mean, listen, he went nine innings, talking about Harvey, he went nine innings, 105 pitches, yeah. no walks, one hit, 12 strikeouts. Ugh, and you said it before, to strike out 12 guys in nine innings and only throw 105 <laughs> pitches is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he was making guys look stupid all yeah. day. I, I mean, he was, and was all his pitches were working. You know, yeah. he said it. He said, when, you know, when I can throw, uh, he said the key is when I can throw my slider for strikes and then bounce it in the dirt, I, I know it's going to be fun. That's yeah, And that's what he does. I mean, you're talking about a guy who consistently lives 94-95 with his fastball, but then can ratchet it up to 97-98 when he has to yeah. and work up in the zone with it. And then, oh, he's going to throw you a 90-mile-an-hour slider. That's, you can't prepare for that. I mean, he's not living, one of those. Yeah, that's he, not one of those things the league adjusts to. Like, ah, now we got him figured out. This, yeah, this rookie not, flash in the pan. You're like, not going to figure 90, that out. Yeah, you know, I mean, like his, that. his average slider velocity is living in Randy Johnson territory right now. He's he's over 90 miles an hour with his average slider velocity. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and the guys, listen. I mean, you, you hope that he can stay healthy yep. and keep doing what he's doing. But the guy's got a big body. Yeah, and he's got uh, what everybody says are really repeatable, really free and easy mechanics. That's and when huge. You do that. Uh, it's sky's difference. the limit for the this mechanics. Guy. I mean, it's it's such a you know a nerdy thing to look at, but when a pitcher has good mechanics, they stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when they don't, when they have these weird herky jerky motions, then things break yeah. down the shoulders, the elbows, whatever. And Harvey is just he's like if you had to draw up a pitcher, if you were doing like create a player in the yeah. show, <laughs> that's the pitcher you would start to make. Yeah. Absolutely, and he's a bulldog. I don't know if you saw the game. I know you know everybody knows yeah. you're a Yankee fan, but um, in the first inning of the game, he had a nosebleed while he was on the mound, and uh, you know he was like he joked about it on the radio the next day. He was like, you know, he's like I felt something coming down, you know, and I, I didn't really think much of it. He's like, then I, I kind of wiped it off on my sleeve, and I saw that it was it was more than snot. He said, <laughs> he said I kind of got a little like, oh, what am I going to do now? He's like, but you know what? I've been dealing with nosebleeds since I was in high school, so. Yeah. You know, and then he just kept pitching. He like waved the trainer away and just yeah. kept pitching <laughs> as this blood streaming down his face. Uh, and, uh, great. you know, Kevin Burkhardt actually tweeted, um, he was like, uh, and now Harvey's nose is bleeding. And this is the most intimidating thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and it really was. It was just like he was out there and he, he he's one of those guys, aside from what he has physically, the gifts, he is just a no-nonsense. Yeah. We are going to win. And a lot of people have made the point, and it's not fair at this point in his career but to compare him to Seaver. But yeah. when Seaver got here, and obviously a long time before either one of us were alive, but when Seaver got here, 
he changed the culture of the Mets. Yeah. They were these lovable losers. They were, you know, just middling and just happy to be around and be playing baseball and all this. And Seaver came and he was like, I want to win. And that's all I want. And we're going to win. Screw losing. Yeah. And that's what Harvey does. That's yeah. what Harvey brings to the table. I'll I, I tell you what, my favorite aspect of Matt Harvey beyond his uh, addition to my fantasy baseball team is the fact that he's now 6-0 and at Ranger games this year. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Like, what can't Huge this guy Ranger do? Huge Ranger fan. Uh, Huge. Like, legit, real. Like, I grew up a Ranger fan. I'm yeah. a Ranger fan. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. He goes to these games. He, like, he live tweets games. He, like, it's awesome. I love him. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's great. You know, I mean, like, I'm hoping that he'll be starting the All-Star game in City Field. That yeah. would be really I, great. I can't argue against that right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been nobody better in the National League. He's, yeah. I think he's leading in ERA. He's leading in WHIP. Yeah. You know, I mean, he should probably have two more wins than he does. Yeah. You know, well, uh, definitely actually, this last game. He got a no decision. Yeah. Listen, the other That's guy did a great a job win. too. I mean, the Mets, the Mets offense hasn't been great in this stretch, especially. But you know, listen, they won the game, mm-hmm. and he even said that's the thing that's most important. And you know what? Yeah. He lowered his ERA, he lowered his whip, he added to the strikeouts, didn't tack on any walks, so, you know, it helped all his other numbers. Yeah. Really quick on the Mets, I know we're going a little over here, but I want to just mention Ike Davis. Yeah. Had a big hit. The Mets won tonight, again, uh, with uh, uh, the pride of Whitestone, Mike Baxter, with with another walk-off, apparently. That's what he does best. Melky Baxter. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Davis... Had a big hit. I actually gave the Mets the lead in, I think, the seventh inning, and then the uh, the Pirates came back and tied After it. After a double switch, right? After a double switch. He was yeah. switched into the game. They sat him against the lefty. Um, obviously, Davis has not been off to a good start, but Davis has a track record, okay? Davis is a very good ball player with a very high ceiling, and I hope that, you know, uh, the hit today and then yesterday he actually made, um, he had a, like a 400-foot out. Yeah, you know, to, to dead center field that Dwayne Wise made a great play on. And, you know, he even said it. He was like, listen, if that ball goes over the fence, everybody's talking about what a great game I had. And yeah. It's the truth. And he has that attitude, and that attitude rubs people the wrong way, some people. But I think the guy's got a track record. The guy's got to play. Yeah. He's a hitter, and he's only going to hit his way out of it. And, you know, I'm, for one, I'm not sold on Lucas Duda. You want to stick him out and left because we don't have an outfield? I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I cannot hear people say, you got to send Davis down, put Duda at first, and then plug anybody else in the outfield. There is nobody else. There's in nobody the else. If there was, they'd be playing in the outfield. They'd be playing in the outfield. Duda yeah. is your best option out there. Listen, the guy's seven home runs. He's a work in progress. He's learning, but he's not the defensive first baseman that Davis is, one. And he's never done i understand it was one year but last year davis had 32 home runs and 90 rbis and that has to stand for something yeah duda got sit down to the minors last year for six weeks so listen you got to play the kid let him play play him he's gotten off the slow starts before this is nothing new this is not a hey we're trying to win the world series this year and this guy is holding us back because of his slow start yeah you're rebuilding you're you're in this process development let him develop let him figure out what he's doing wrong yeah and maybe he goes and turns it around and puts up another 35 home runs for you exactly because the guy has an incredibly high ceiling i mean he's shown it he didn't do anything for the first two and a half months last year and still finished with 32 and 90 yeah you know it's huge yeah that's absolutely huge and i think they're doing the right he is still on the team he is still gonna play so you know maybe you'd sit him against lefties like he did, but I think they'll handle it the right way, and I'm sure he'll turn it around. I think so, too. I think the organization does have a lot of faith in him. Yeah. And, again, a lot of it could just be by default because there is nobody else. Sure. I mean, if they had some stud first base prospect, I'm sure they would have probably traded Davis off yeah. of the year he had last year. But they don't. He's the young guy. He's the stud first baseman that yeah. they have. And you, you got to let him play his way through it. So, anyway, moving on from the Mets, really quick, we're going to get into the just Yankees. Just touch on the Yankees quickly. Uh amazing to me 
the, the roster they're running out there. The first place New York Yankees! First place. <laughs> the Yankees won today. The Red Sox dropped the game. I think the Orioles also what dropped the Toronto, game. What about Toronto, right? What look, about what Toronto was they, supposed to they do? Have and the Red right... Sox were better in the best division in baseball. Yeah. The first place Yankees. You yeah. gotta be pumped. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. I had said just survive April. Get out of April 500 and I'll be happy because we'll start getting as healthy. Mm-hmm. Instead, the Yankees have gotten less healthy. More guys have gotten hurt. Yeah. And they've won more than 500. Now, seven games over 500. Yeah. And doing it, pitching a defense, doing this 96 style. Yeah. We're going to go, we're going to beat you 3-1, to 3-2. to two. Mariano's going to go and save the game. This is how the Yankees have to win, and they're finding a way. I, yeah, I give and a lot eventually of they're going to get guys back, and that's yeah, the scary thing. How great. good can they be? You know, I, I really, I, I want to see what A-Rod has to bring to the table. I'm honestly a little worried about Jeter with a setback and, and just th- that type of an injury is one of those chronic things, and it's not like a simple fix, so we'll see. But Granderson to share, these are all, like, all-stars we're putting back in our lineup. It's big, and I give a ton of credit to Girardi. I think he's managed the bullpen very well, which is huge when you have these, you know, very close, tight, low-scoring games. Um, obviously, Rivera has been Rivera. The, off the injury has been great. Uh, Chamberlain's been improved, even though he's now hurt. Robertson mm-hmm. has been Robertson. So I think you're getting a lot out of a little, and that that's huge for the Yankees. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you got to make it work. That's the thing. The teams that win do that kind of stuff. They make it work with the pieces that they have. Yeah. And if you're not going to do that, you're not going to be successful. And it sounds like the stupidest thing and the simplest thing in the world, but it's the truth. I mean, these guys are all pros out there, and they got to step up. Yeah. Guys get hurt. Other ha- other guys have to step up. Yeah. And but the impressive thing is, I again we talked about it last week. I think the Yankees have 16 or 18 people have had them on the DL. Yeah. And a ton of money. So to have that many injuries and be able to be in the position and we we can joke about it but you know the division is very good i mean toronto hasn't really lived up to the hype yeah. and 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 tampa's been you know on again they'll off be, they'll again be there yeah but they're gonna be right in the conversation but the orioles have played great and the red sox have played better than most people expected so yeah. for the yankees to be in this position it's great for them it's huge honestly. but you know look at this big picture like you're saying in the division it's gonna be a dogfight all the way and mm-hmm. these games in april are gonna be just as important as important as those games in september so to win these now it's huge it sets you up for a good run later on when you do get these guys healthy absolutely Absolutely. Well, look what happened to the Red Sox a couple of years ago. Yeah. They had that terrible start in April. Yeah. And then they had that one bad stretch, not as bad as April, but in September, they had yeah. another bad stretch. That was enough. They had the best record in baseball between in May between. and August. Yeah. But you got to, I mean, the games count just the same. Yeah. They say it's not, you know, not how you start, it's how you finish, and it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And all that is true psychologically. Right. But wins and losses, all the games count the same. Yeah. Well, you got to win the games. Uh, they, you know, they say you can't win the division in April, but you can lose it. And you that's what the Red Sox did again, that year. Yeah. And that's what the Yankees didn't do this year. And that's what I was really afraid of coming in. And I think it's going to continue to improve. It's, it's really, I think they're in a great spot. Uh, I'm going to get a chance to see them this weekend in Kansas City, which that's is right. really exciting. That's right. I'll um, get a chance to watch tomorrow. the Mets from my couch. Yeah. No, that's good too. <laughs> Broken leg. You know, yeah. don't, don't test yourself. Nah. Uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. I get to check out the ballpark out there. And uh, I get to see Andy Pettit pitch against James Shields. So that'll be a nice little matchup out there. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. I heard it's a great ballpark. I've never been, but, uh, yeah. you know, obviously have a safe trip and enjoy yourself. Yeah. I'm going to do my uh, best. Yeah, we've gone a little long, but we're going to... That's a nice little double episode for you guys. Listen, you know what? Tom's going on vacation. I have a broken leg. A lot of stuff is going on. It's a very, very, very busy... 
May is the best. Like, yeah. don't get married in May. Don't have a kid in May because no. you're going to have an anniversary or whatever. And it's going to cut into something that you're going to want to yeah. do. Mother's Day is bad enough, right? Yeah. I mean, you have, you have, have Mother's that. Day. There's going to be playoff hockey that day. It's, it's nice outside. You want to yeah. go to the park. You don't, you don't <laughs> have to deal with these anniversaries or, like, child, like, fourth birthday where you just go and, like, you know, have, like, a hat on. You don't want to deal with that. No, no. So, anyway... <laughs> we will see you guys on that note. Um, this is the New York 20 or the New York 42 well, in honor of Jackie Robinson. No, yeah, let's go Why with that. Why not, right? Anyway, um, thanks a lot for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. I'm John. And I'm Tom. I'll see you next time, and hopefully I get through Kansas City okay. Don't yeah. get set on fire. Why not? <laughs> <laughs>